Hello, everybody. This is the uh, Field Guys podcast, your source for the greatest sports mind since the late, great Don Shula. We are your hosts, Max Jensen and Cameron Curran, and welcome back to another installment of our Last Dance series, where we are reviewing the uh, 10-part ESPN docuseries that's come out about the 90s Bulls dynasty focusing on Michael Jordan. Uh, Today, we are focusing on episodes five and six, which came out last night. And just want to give a real quick, may the fourth be with you to to all of our Star Wars fans out there. Yes. Important day. It is important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's let's get straight into it. Um, The first thing we, we wanted to talk about was that 92 NBA Finals, which was the Bulls' first attempt at, at back-to-back championships. Um, it was Jordan versus Clyde Drexler, which seemed at the time to be a pretty intense matchup. And people weren't quite sure how it was going to go. Obviously, in retrospect, it's, it's easy to see who the more dominant player was. But at the time, it, it was a little bit more intense. So... Michael Jordan was talking about how he was offended that they were even being compared and that they were even within relation. And he was bringing it upon himself to show everyone that he he was leaps and bounds beyond Clyde Drexler, who, by the way, is a fantastic basketball player. So it's, 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 it's funny to see this kind of, reaction when you're being compared to another fan like when, when you're taking comparisons to to other Hall fantastic players right it's, it's interesting that you kind of take it as a fence obviously michael jordan is in a is in a category that is completely separate from clyde drexler but it, mm-hmm. it's still funny to especially when you're only eight years into the league to 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 already be offended to be called or to be compared to other greats. Yeah, and that's just who Michael Jordan is. Like, I think later in the doc, they were showing, I think it was the Dream Team, and a reporter asked him, like, who want, who would you want to have the ball in your hands for the last shot? And he's like, man, come on, it's me. That's easy. Yeah, yeah. That's just sort of his personality. Um, and it, yeah, like you said, in retrospect, it's really easy to see where he's coming from. Um, and, you know, I'm not from that era so i i don't know if it was ever really uh, a debate or close or if it was you know just sort of a storyline they were trying to create for a finals um but you know it's it's easy to agree with michael jordan now and i actually kind of like that about him that he used that as sort of like motivation and it definitely worked out for him it's i mean it's just interesting even if you're kind of you feel slighted by be by drawing comparisons to players that you feel you're better than it's still interesting to see that amount of motivation drawn from that um obviously if you're being compared to players who feel or who are brand new to the league or who don't perform well that i you you can see drawing huge motivation from and think to yourself wow i can't take like this is just criticism but even if you feel like those aren't fair comparisons for yourself and that you deserve more to still see the kind of drive. It's almost like they called him bad at the game. They like to him, it it seemed like they said 
he's he's fine. And that's not what they were saying. So it's it's yeah. it's funny to see him draw this huge amount of fire from from being from taking a a decent comparison. Mm-hmm. Um and I think later in the episode he was talking about how he had an addiction not to gambling but to competition. So I think that this is just Michael Jordan being Michael yeah. Jordan. And I um, I think this can relate to like all the greats in sports. It's yeah. just you kind of you have that place in your mind where you just say f this and f everybody else I'm the greatest of all time. You know, Kobe yeah. had it, Brady has it, Michael had it. It's just there's a certain level that other people can't get to mentally that only a few people have. For sure. Um, another thing I thought was interesting about the uh, the finals, and I didn't really know this, it looked like uh, Magic Johnson was calling the games, or at least helping. Yeah. Um, obviously, he wasn't playing at the time, but I think that's pretty cool. Um, we don't see this a ton where players are in the broadcast booth like while they're still in their careers. You see... I feel like we see the NFL try to do it a lot and they always fail like tragically. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I just had never seen that. I thought that was kind of interesting. And then (laughs) something that uh, we both found uh, interesting and we didn't like it very much. um, Jerry Krause. My boy Jerry. Yes. Our boy Jerry. uh, After he won the championship, he got interviewed and, you know, all the uh, the champagne was flowing. He was holding the trophies. Like, you know, man, this organization is great. It's all about the organization, man. This organization, like he said that word probably like fifty times in like one. Yeah, um, it's it's so frustrating. It is, and it's 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 easy to kind of see where these tensions starting arising from. Um, it when when players don't get. Credit because I feel like players at the apex of what they want is is gratification. They just want to be respected. If they walk away from the game with four million dollars in their pocket, but they're considered one of the all-time greats, they they're fine with that. And for for Jerry Cross to come out there and say that he feels that he's the, the entire reason that this, this team can do this is it. I mean, I wasn't even on the team and I was bothered by it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Who's, who's the, uh, I can't believe I'm biking on his name. The, the Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was blanking on his name for like half a second. Um, but it, it, he almost, he almost reminds me of Jerry Jones just in the way where He's he's not part of the team and he's not even part of the coaching staff, but he still feels like he is what you think of whenever you think of the Cowboys. You know, when you think of Cowboys, you don't think of Dak, you don't think of Mike McCarthy. Obviously, he's a new coach, but yeah, you you think it's Jerry of, Jones. You think of Jerry Jones and then Zeke, like mm-hmm. shortly after. But Jerry Jones is the first person you think of, and he's done a very good job of putting himself in that front and foremost spot. And so I, I think it's, it's funny to see how those things have translated and think, how you can draw the similarities. Yeah, and I think you're on to something. Um, I think in an ideal world, sort of the front office is there, but it's not 
super involved. So like you said, when you think the Cowboys, you think Jerry Jones. When you think of the Redskins, you think Dan Snyder. Those are two not so great things. And one thing I love about the Nationals and Mike Rizzo is he never he'll he'll take credit, but it's not it's not about him. It's about the players. Um, and I think that's really the most important thing as a GM is okay, I'm gonna set up my roster for success, but it's it's always gonna be about the players. Yeah, uh, I I think that's a constant you see throughout every great team. You know, the Patriots, you knew who the owner was, you knew who Robert Kraft was, but Robert Kraft was never sitting there saying, I'm the reason for all of this. He always mm-hmm. gave the credit to Tom and to Belichick, who were more in the front lines. Yeah, for sure. So um, Jerry Jones, take some notes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, another big thing about the episode, obviously the uh, the dream team. That was that was an awesome team. Um, I just that that was one amazing. of the teams. I don't. I, I I never like wish I could go back and watch the '90s Bulls. Like it it would have been fun, but there are things I'd rather do than go back and watch the '90s Bulls. Mm-hmm. To watch the '92 Dream Team is something I sometimes wish I could go back and do. Yeah. Um, it's, Makes me it, miss it, the Olympics it, too. It yeah. Uh, rip Olympics 2020. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it feels like one of those once in not even a generation, once in like a, a millennia kind of thing that mm-hmm. that gets put together, and you don't really see all-time greats coming to, come like that together. I mean, the the teams they put together nowadays, like in 2016, and probably the one that was going this year, they're obviously fantastic players and fantastic teams yeah, stacked with a lot of well. talent. But you, you don't see like five future Hall of Famers on the floor together at one time. Yeah. Um, what would be sort of – do you have like a dream team of what would you do now? Um, I sort of have, you know, my, my 2021, uh, dream team. It, they're, they're not going to do this. Uh, a lot of the stars, you know, don't do this anymore, which you is mean, you mean, a shame. Um, you mean stars like, or like players that are currently yeah, playing now? Like or if like, you, if, if you could have like a starting five of literally anyone in the NBA. Okay. I'll, I'll go while you think. Um, okay. so at point guard, I, I'd put Steph Curry. Uh, at shooting guard, I'd put Harden. Okay. Um, at one of the forwards, I'd put LeBron, of course. Okay. Forward, I'd put Giannis, and I'd throw AD at the center position. I think I'd go a little bit more small ball than you. Yeah, I I wanted to throw Kawhi in there, but I wanted a little bit of Kawhi size. too. My issue is, I feel like. Durant and Kawhi are more individually deserving than Harden and AD. But okay. it's kind of hard to put together a lineup of Curry, Durant, LeBron, Giannis, and Kawhi. Yeah. yeah. That's just, that's, at that point, it feels like you, have, you only have four forwards and a point guard, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all of those players are obviously well-suited to play positionless basketball but i I feel like you still need a little bit more diversity in there i agree i think curry needs to be on there for sure lebron needs to be on there that's a given yep 
if Durant is healthy, I think he needs to be on there. Yeah, we're, we're given like dream scenario. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's Every, everyone's play. healthy. All right, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Curry, LeBron, Giannis. I I think Giannis currently, in terms of just raw talent, is I think he's the best player in the NBA right now. Right. Right. I love Giannis. He's just yeah. an absolute freak of nature. One thing I was looking at uh, Giannis the other day. I didn't realize he has two other brothers in the NBA. I knew I knew his younger brother was either like in his senior year of high school right now or like his like freshman year of college. But I know I didn't know he had two in the. He's NBA. got one on the Bucks with him, and then another on the Lakers. That's crazy. Really? That family. I was not aware of that. <laughs> that family's insane. A talented family. Um. And but, then, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. I feel like I gotta. If I put Durant on there, I can't put Kawhi as well. I don't I know. know. It's tough. It's tough. It's you tough. Really go wrong. You can't really. Yeah. Go wrong. That's true. If I mean they're gonna win gold either way. There's no way Serbia stopping that that group. Yeah. <laughs> um, but something interesting. Um, so I guess Isaiah Thomas was a big player at the time. He's one of the one of the greatest in the league at that time. He wasn't picked for the roster, um, and it was speculated because he sort of had a thing with Michael Jordan. Yeah. But the thing was, is he sort of had a thing with like with everybody on the team. Yeah. So like it was probably him. Like that, he's doing this to himself. I think. I mean, he was. I mean, he, he, even Michael said that. Like M- Michael said that to him, Isaiah is the second greatest point guard of all time. Mm-hmm. So, and especially at this time when Isaiah is like just coming off of those two uh, titles in a row, and he's still one of the most talented players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's obviously he wasn't left off because of his talent because of his decline in ability there were other reasons he was left off he was better than some players on that team yeah um but i think jordan made a good point where if isaiah is on the team and none of them are talking to each other they're not a dream team they're just a bunch of really good basketball players together yeah and And i i first of all i'm i'm gonna take jordan over isaiah thomas sorry like yeah. if like if you're going to ruin everything like he wasn't valuable enough to to make the risk i i you you got to go in even before thinking about Isaiah Thomas expecting there's no chance we lose gold with this yeah. like none so why risk making the team worse just for a few extra points a game, you know? Yeah. And they looked like a like they were just having fun too. Yeah. Um the practices looked really intense but like fun. Um but uh one thing that surprised me, their biggest competition was Croatia, which I thought Croatia. Was and it may be partly because they had uh Tony Kukic. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Um, but that, that was also an interesting storyline where he was drafted by the Bulls, but he wanted to stay in Croatia. Um, he didn't want to leave so quickly. Um, but Jordan and Pippen were like, hey, guys, let's, let's beat him. You know, yeah, sh- I, I felt, put him I in felt his bad place. for Tony. 
Yeah, and like he he was a good player. He was. But they, <laughs> he was going up against two of the all time greats, um, who were also out for blood. Yeah. So <laughs> that that was fun to watch, though. I oh, felt bad for him, though. By the way, in the uh, in the World Cup, were you, were you Croatia or France? Croatia. Yeah, I was too. I was going hard, hardcore Croatia. For sure. I just felt like they never won anything. They deserve something. Exactly. See, they lost yeah. to the uh, the U.S. Yeah. team. They lost. Yeah. Um. So we got we got two finals in this episode. Um. Obviously, the '92 and the '93. They went back to yep. back to back, and this time they played the Knicks, who were probably their most physical matchup since the Pistons. I thought yep. it was super physical. Um, and then this time the storyline was Jordan Barkley, um, and Barkley did an interview and he said, you know, up until that point he felt that he was the best player of all time. Um, yeah. until he met Jordan. I feel like, like, come on, Barkley. Like, so, yeah, it, it was the Knicks in the Eastern Conference final. Well, that, right. And, and, then, and then, yeah, yeah, and, and then right. the Suns in the final. But both matchups seemed relatively physical. Obviously, the Knicks were significantly more physical, but right. they both seemed like hard fought. There was the Suns game that went into triple overtime. They, they didn't even cover that one. There was a game that went into triple overtime, and that was kind of just like, Hey, there was this game that went on for twelve years. Yeah, they really skimmed over it. That that was there was so much to unpack in that one little piece that it it wasn't a thing that they felt was necessary. And it it felt overall like a pretty important game in terms of the overall dynamics of the of the championship. Yep. Um and I, I feel like these two championships being shown in these two episodes and everything that was there to unpack within it is part of what makes I, – I felt like these two were the best episodes so far because mm-hmm. I feel like one and two were kind of the preliminary introducing you to the situation and the players and the team and the tensions that were surrounding it. I felt like three and four were kind of starting to unpack it, starting to see the, the relationships unravel, starting to see some of those inner connections. And then episodes five and six, they kind of just went all in, said Michael Jordan has a gambling problem and everybody hates him and Isaiah Thomas isn't on this team. And also Charles Barkley is here and they won two championships, by the way. And it was kind of just all thrown at you and it was awesome. It was just a blur of greatness. Yeah, I agree. I like these two episodes probably the best too because like you said, the first couple were you know building up Pippen, building up Rodman, uh, building up coach jackson um but this one was really about michael jordan and how he was portrayed and sort of his global image and one thing i definitely wanted to talk about i know in a previous podcast you talked about um one of his was it like a reporter who talked about you know now we look at it like like a storybook like michael jordan is this great guy um, oh, oh yeah but back uh, ahmad then, rashad yeah but back this featured a little bit yeah i saw him i feel like after watching this episode like i don't see that at all like at the time he was like the guy the global phenomenon like i i yeah i don't know but uh what was his name ahmad rashad yeah i i don't i don't really agree with him it seemed like michael jordan was just 
big, I mean, well, big it, deal. it's still you're still seeing it through the eyes of a documentary, though. They're 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 only showing him when he's in these huge press press briefings with music playing over the background, and they're only showing him when he's having these huge moments. They're not showing him when he's like laying in bed, sitting there, because well, that's not good TV. Right, but like the moment he steps outside of his hotel room, he's bombarded. That's how it is with like every basketball, uh, every like significant basketball player. I I don't think it's like that. Like he was um, like globally, like everyone knew his name, everyone knew his face, and I don't think that's you can say that about anyone. Like I think if, I think if if the, yeah, well, I'm saying like if if LeBron is walking through, like. China, like people are going to recognize him. Yeah, but I, I, I think um, I just disagree with uh, that dude. I, I mean, I, I, but he, it's but he was there the entire time, so it's it, it, it's hard to refute like the firsthand account. Obviously, it, it also might be playing the same effect to him, right? The same way we talked about stuff gets glorified over time. Maybe in his like in his memories, stuff got a little bit less exciting over time because he's heard the stories before mm-hmm. or just because he knows the ending. Um, so obviously there, I mean, there are nuances to it, but I feel like there, there, it, it's still not a completely unbiased look at Jordan and his dynasty. It, it's true. still a little bit glorified. Mm-hmm. If not, if that's not like the storybook, glorified thing than what is i guess is yeah. my question because i feel like he he's the biggest sports star just globally that comes to my head all right well I, i'm not i'm not saying he wasn't I, I was only using that case in the argument for lebron against jordan okay. there, i mean there's no other player that comes even close yeah um even in, within basketball at least yeah Maybe like Muhammad Ali, right, is the only other person. But I think that that was like the one argument that you could use against or like for LeBron against Jordan is that people tend to make things a little bit bigger in their heads. But obviously, no one's using that to argue like Harden against Jordan or anything. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, another big uh, storyline of the episode was. Jordan's uh relationship with gambling um money there there are some there are some crazy stories um about how they'd play cards on the plane for like thousands of dollars and then there'd be a whole separate group of guys in the front of the plane playing for like a couple dollars and then Jordan yeah, would be yeah, like yeah. hey man can I jump in and be like why do you want to get in <laughs> yeah so yeah take your money put your money in my pocket like <laughs> that's Michael Jordan I, I, forget, I forget who it was that made the point, though, that like by that point, if if Jordan was betting ten thousand dollars, it wasn't a problem. Like yeah, he, he was, like he had plenty of money, right? <laughs> so it's it, it's funny how people will like jump to these conclusions because the media made a field day out of it when it first happened, mm-hmm. and then it it went on for for a really long time. And eventually, people started to realize, oh wait, he's a trillionaire. Right. So it doesn't like if if Jeff Bezos went out and we heard that he was betting thirty thousand dollars or whatever, we'd be like, yeah, probably. Yeah, I feel like 
it was made into a bigger deal than it needed to be. Um, yeah. Like, obviously, gambling excessively is not great, but he was, like, uh, doing it with golf and cards, and I just don't see that as a huge problem. Yeah. And I think they're almost, like, fishing for anything that could sort of bring him down because he was just this textbook guy that just really didn't mess up. He didn't have too many, you know, issues. Um, well, I mean, that, that that's what you do when when the – when the person is the greatest of all time yeah it's you you look for a story to try and make people mad and that's that's kind of the media's job is to get to get views and to get attention and to get people to buy their papers so if if you're the first one who can report hey jordan was betting a bunch of money at the golf course the other day then people are going to buy your papers that's just kind of what you're subject to i feel as a main sports or celebrity figure in in today's world which it might not be fair but logically it makes sense like did you think people were just going to not pay attention to you yeah and i i thought the the way jordan said it like if he could go back he would like he wouldn't be a role model and he wouldn't be this peop- like this thing people looked up to. And my that I I didn't like that. My my first reaction was, well then you shouldn't have become a superstar. It that's sorry. Like that's kind of what you like you take the good with the bad. You wanna be the greatest of all time, you, you gotta be in the camera for a little bit. You can't yeah. cherry pick what you want in terms of fame and glory. Um and then my other thought was, yeah, he was obviously this huge icon, but with, I mean, they also talked about like the civil rights things, the whole Republicans buy shoes too. And, mm-hmm. um, and how he wasn't like to any means, like an absolute stand up citizen. It's, it's just, it, it was weird for me especially when you see so many celebrities doing great things who are also in the same spotlight, right? Yeah. LeBron James is in that spotlight and he opened a school, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like it's, it's Nipsey hustle wasn't quite in that spotlight, but he made all these amazing things happen in his community. All these great, amazing contributions have been made by people in that spotlight. Bill Gates funds a bunch of charities with endless amounts of money and had has like has his own charity and has single-handedly fixed many problems in the world. So for Jordan to sit there and say, I didn't like people taking pictures of me and I didn't like people writing stories about my golf course. I don't care. Suck it up. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think uh, when president Obama was on talking about it, he kind of said it best. Like you would have liked to see him do more in that spot like you're not taking too much away from him but he had the spotlight he had the ability to really make an impact especially with um you know that election but he chose not to um yeah which you know is too bad um but i don't think it takes anything away from his his basketball legacy maybe it's like a like an overall sports figure maybe that takes away 
um, a little bit of his legacy, but overall, yeah. not a big, big deal. Yeah. Um. Uh. So another part of the episode was the uh, the whole shoe endorsement. How Converse used to be the shoe of the NBA. They Imagine were. that. How style has changed. I was. I, I watched that commercial. I was like, what? I, were, I thought it was those? awesome watching Larry Bird rap. That, that might <laughs> so have made funny. my night. Yeah. Um, and then um, Adidas passed on Michael Jordan. That was a mistake. Apparently, like an oh absolute mess at one point. Yep. And then he ends up going Nike, starting up the Jordan shoe brand, mm. and that takes off. And he really started the uh, the idea of players kind of having their own shoes. Yeah, um, which is really cool, and a, it's a really awesome marketing strategy as well. Yeah, it is. He he like he kind of trans trans like made a bridge between sports and culture, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. He was, mm-hmm. the 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 way they explained it was kind of like he was able to bridge this gap between style and fashion and the the general culture of America and combine it with basketball and sports to help make a better connection between it and that that Air Jordan brand and all that branding that went into it, I, I feel like may have been like the single most underrated branding thing for the NBA. Not even just Nike or or Michael Jordan in general, but like the NBA overall, I think may have benefited significantly from the, from the Jordan brand with, and people don't recognize that enough. Yeah. And you got to give his agent some credit. Cause I think it was partly his idea to have, you know, Jordan's own shoe. And it's this whole, you know, like be like Mike, you know, you want to be like your idols and here you go. You get, you get to wear shoes. Um, but the first game that he wore his shoes, um, he had, he had an awesome game. Um, but he he doesn't have many bad games, so That's the odds true. of that happening are pretty high. Um, but his shoes were like, or his socks were like covered in blood. Like he was. Oh when, yeah, when he, when he was re-wearing them for his last game in Madison Square. Oh yeah, but the the first time he wore his Air Jordans, um, he had some problems. I guess he was bleeding; they weren't fitting right or something. But he didn't want to take them off because he was doing so well. I thought that was happening in, in, in his last game at Madison. Was it? I yeah, because I, I think he was saying that those oh, he wore those shoes in his game first game at Madison as well. Gotcha. It was like a Tarantino style kind of thing. Yeah, that's yeah, certainly cool. Um, Either I way, I want to know what happened with that. Like, why yeah. were his feet bleeding? They didn't explain that. They just yeah. said that his feet were bleeding, as if that was a normal thing. That I mean, it's kind of legendary. I mean, he. I mean, yeah. It. They were and and or all like all the props to him. It's just it concerning that he was bleeding and everyone was fine with it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they never explained that. Yeah. Um, all right. I've I've a situation, a question for you. I'm excited. All right. Say you're an up and coming prospect in the NBA. Say you're like the next Michael Jordan. All right. All right. Hold on. I gotta get into that headspace. All right. All right, that was fast. Okay. All right, let's go. Um, where are you signing for a shoe deal? What's your What's your number one choice? In In the current state 
of of the NBA or in yeah. in ninety state of the NBA right now. I'll go while you think. All right, you go while I think. I'm I'm going Under Armour, and it's okay. it's a it's an out there choice, but yep. their only real like basketball athlete that they have is Steph Curry. Yep. So if I'm a big, big superstar, I'm gonna want to be. I'm gonna want to be like the guy there. Um, and I feel like Nike's already got LeBron. They got KD. Um, and Under Armour's got some pretty good shoes. So I'd go there, pair up with Steph, and uh, that's, so you're that's, that's my choice. I think. I think I'll go a little bit towards the same logic as you, but maybe even a little bit more out there. Ooh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Reebok. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna build this place from the ground up. Wow! And make it my own. Yeah, and so, we saw in the episode Jordan obviously was with Nike, and when he was in the Olympics, he had like the Reebok logo on his like jacket. Yeah, it covered up and. It wasn't like a huge deal, but he was so competitive that he's like, I can't do this to Nike. I need to cover it up. So he I'm wears the flag. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciated that from, from Michael over there. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Um, you got anything else before we go to our music? I, I, I just had, I, I didn't really have any specific questions that, that, that stood out to me besides the ones that we went over. But I, I had a few comments that I wrote down while I was watching the, uh, the docu-series. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, first, the first one was that this, this soundtrack for these two episodes have been absolutely Bars. amazing. No, just absolutely amazing. I, I, they played in a span of like 10 minutes. They played Rosa Parks' Can I Kick It and If I Rule the World. <laughs> Like back to back to back, and it was awesome. And it's I've I've been really enjoying the the '90s music that they've been playing. That's a good era. That it is a good era. The I mean, music. I would they, they were playing uh, some Eric B and Rakim. I've and heard some some Beastie Boys. It's over it the was, uh, last couple episodes. Yeah, some good stuff. Um, and then. They there was uh, they were also interviewing Barkley, um, when about about the uh, the Suns series against the Bulls in '93, mm-hmm. and Barkley mentioned how he thought he was the best player in the world until until he met Jordan and Jordan just obliterated him. Which 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 I kind of expect coming from Barkley. He's always he's always been kind of a confident player but i he, he also said something along the lines of like not to brag on myself but i i felt like I, I wasn't gonna let the bulls win this implying that he went out there and he he did all he could and he, he carried his team to a win in that game right and i i thought that was funny because 30 seconds later they kept to a clip of jordan saying something like yeah, I just I, I was sitting there in the locker room and I saw his face and I decided to just destroy him, destroy his career, embarrass him, because I'm the greatest of all time and I'm a machine. Yeah. So to to see like someone who's so 
just publicly arrogant, like some some like Barkley, talk about games against Jordan where he's kind of like, yeah, I feel like I played about as well as I could, you know? And then Jordan, who's not super in the public eye anymore, saying, yeah, no, I know. I just absolutely am the greatest of all time. Yeah. There's no question. That was that was cool for sure. That was fun. Um, that is all I had, which I feel means we're moving on to uh, our music. our recommendations for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Max, you want to hear that first? Yeah, I got one. Um, his name is Kofi Stone. He's, I think, an English rapper. He's definitely got an English accent. Um, but sort of that mellow, jazzy rap. Um, he's got some good beats. So yeah, he's not super big either. Um, definitely under like three hundred thousand monthly listeners. So he's not he's not super big. So I I, I want to turn people on to Dreamville, which is the the label that J Cole runs. Or maybe not runs, but he's the head of it, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's artists like J Cole and Earth Gang and Jid, and and all those people, and what they ended up doing. All the way, by the way, all fantastic artists separately. I think Boz is also on there. All fantastic artists separately, and they came together and made an album. Just all of them together, and each song has like six different artists on it and it's fantastic and the the they had an initial release and then they released like a deluxe album with like twice the amount of songs and it is just that the second one the added songs the first one is good but the added one the the added songs on the second one are it's almost a hundred percent success rate it is absolutely outstanding. So if, if you're into artists like Jid or, or J. Cole or those kind of mellow lyrical wordplay kind of kind of uh, styles, then that is a fantastic album and conglomerate to check out. Yeah. And that actually reminded me, I listened to this. I'm sure I'm like super late to the party, um, but Ed Sheeran released this album last year called the uh, collaborations project and he's just got like stuff with everyone like Khalid, Camila Cabello, Cardi B, I know he Chance the Rapper, Eminem, right? Eminem, Justin yeah. Bieber, 50 I think Cent. I've heard the Eminem one. But I've heard but yeah, that, that, that one's really good. But um, I just listened to it, I think it was yesterday um, for the first time. and I thought, All the way through? Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I liked pretty much all of them. Um, so, you know, that just reminded me with all the, all the cool people in one album that's a really good album yeah um but i think that about wraps it up for now um we'll see you guys sunday um it'll probably get released sunday our next episode yeah the sounds about right Mm -hmm. um but and then we'll definitely see you guys in a week to to do seven and eight yes of course um if you guys are able, you know, leave us a, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe as always. Um, and until next time, we will see you later. Thanks, everybody. See ya.